Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. Support for the Winefellers comes in part from the award-winning Yesterday and Today Frame Shop, Framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974 and located in Boone Square in Hillsboro. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. Your business name here, proudly serving Hillsboro since site year here, your business name here, and... Cody's Laboratory Animals. Just say Winefellers and receive 10% off your next order of live hamsters and rabbits. Test with the best using Cody's Laboratory Animals. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices. And my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers! Wine Fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got canned from the factory. Prudish episode of the Winefellers ever. We will discuss the list of the most incredibly terrible beverages ever created. And you probably haven't even heard of them, let alone tried them. But that's during the second half of our show. During the first half, we will conduct a wine tasting, get into the mailbag, and then it's time, of course, for the wine news. All this and some more ill-considered Winefellers song exclusives right here on an engorged yet congealed episode of the Winefellers. But first, what wine are we drinking today, Mark? And wine, y'all. Hey, Joe. Hey, hey, my friend, my feller. It's Great to my, see you. My soulmate. Yeah. I mean, my fel- as far as fellers go. No, I see you as my soulmate, Joe. I mean, don't... <laughs> and don't... <laughs> Gosh, I hope my wife's not, my just, wife's not yeah. listening, but yeah. you are my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> right here, right now. That's, that's all we've got, Mark. Why do these shows quickly become... Uh, just go off the rails. I know, they do, but we have such a great 
show. I can't believe it. We have a really exciting show. You're going to learn some stuff. Good. Which is good because I feel like people who listen to our show want to learn a little bit about wine. Well, they uh, they need to learn something. They need to come away with <laughs> If they don't learn anything, Mark, they come away from our show with like a, a in the negative. No. We're going to Okay. They <laughs> normally if one when anyone generally encounters us on the street or on the radio show, they leave us a little less smart. Okay, we, we will pro- we, we won't promise that you're going to get any smarter, or but we can promise you <laughs> you won't get any dumber. <laughs> you won't get any dumber. <laughs> that's the best we can do, <laughs> uh, and that's a big promise right there, Mark. All <laughs> right, what, you, what 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 just what are we drinking? So, so most I'm, importantly, I am pouring right now for you a 2002 Joseph Phelps Insignia. This mm. is a beautiful mm. California Napa. This is one of the best. California Nappers wow. ever made. It's incredible. Uh, it's, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It was Wine Spectator's Wine of the Year for 2005. The 2002 vintage was. Wow, very inky color on this very one. Very inky color, and if you smell it, you might smell. What do you smell? Well, I'm smelling a little bit, uh, well, I'm smelling a little bit of coffee in this, actually. Just the tiniest bit of coffee. That's right. A little espresso, right? coffee, I mean, mocha. Um, and I can almost, even without before tasting it, I can tell just from the smell that this is going to be a thicker, velvety sort of uh, texture to it. Yes, it's amazing. You can smell a texture, but you no, can. No, I can. I can. I Mark. That's what can. I'm saying. It's great. Before, you know, you smell enough wines here, and you kind of know how the th- how thick it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, it looks very thick, and it's a. And we're trying this wine. It's beautiful. It's a really long finish, and it is. It's not the cheapest wine, but if you can find it, I would definitely recommend it. It's a mm. great example mm. of a California Cabernet. Well, it, it is delicious. Yes. So, uh, as you always say, folks at home. Uh, if, you're fo- if, you're playing, if you're at home and you're playing along, play along. Open up yours. Open up yours. That's it. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> but, you know, and the fact that we are trying it right now, Joe, is the most important thing about this bottle is that it's a tax write-off. It's a tax write-off? I think so. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> now we're giving tax advice. Yeah. So you're going to leave us dumber and poorer well, when the IRS comes for you. But can I try? The, the wine fellers told me it's a business. wine was a write-off. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, no, we're not going to write this off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Look, don't go nowhere. You're listening to the wine fellers on WHUP. Welcome. You've got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. 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 I think we have mail. I think we've got mail. There's the mailbag. What's what's in that mailbag, Joe? We have an email from, (laughs) get a hold of this, Mark. 
Mr. Rupert Brimble Pennington. Okay. What do you think of that name there? That's a nice name. That's a nice name. That's an important name. That is an important name. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, uh, who listens to our show via WCOM in Asheville? Oh, actually, I think WCOM is in Carborough. Uh, Linda. 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 Linda, Linda, Linda. That's good. It's close by. WCOM is in Carborough. Yes. She sent me Asheville, and I'm just reading it off here. I know. We'll um, read anything that's in front of I'll us. I'll just read anything in front of me. This is uh, from uh, a listener at COM, WCOM Carborough. That's right. Uh, Rupert Brimble Pennington writes, and I feel like I need to read this in an English accent, but Go I right won't. Ahead. I uh, won't. I was practicing earlier, okay. and it sounded like uh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, uh, as uh, the uh, pirate uh, Jack Sparrow uh. after he'd had too much rum. So you're just going to have to deal with my normal. Voice okay, on this sounds one. good. Uh, he writes, "Hello, Joe and Mark. I've made some seriously bad purchases in my life. Just wondering, what are the worst purchases you've ever made?" And uh, you know, I'm okay. gonna. I g- it got me thinking. I okay. got this email from. Uh, uh, right before the show, right, right. as we come in here right. and getting ready to do the rundown, Linda hands this to me, and and I quickly read it over. And as I was doing the intro, and and even just now drinking this wine, I'm trying to rack my brain for probably an instant uh, um, regret of a bad purchase I've made in my life. Okay, now I came up with one. Okay, let's hear it. Um, and this uh, this happened when I was uh, a kid. Uh, Must have been. You know, sixth grade, twelve years old, something like yeah. this. Uh, my family went down to uh, Disney World. Well, that okay? sounds like a good start to a story. <laughs> it, it is a great start to a story. Uh, one of these trips where it's you know back then when I was growing up, a trip to Disney World was basically something you did one time in your childhood. Sure, <clears throat> it was a big deal. Yeah, it's like well, you went. It's like going to see the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. It, you don't go back every summer. To the Grand Canyon, right? Well, I think it's just too expensive. Well, that, well, that, yeah, that too, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, we, I mean, we saved up for years. I'm sure, you know, right. I wasn't involved with family finances back then, but I know it was an expensive trip. <laughs> yes, right. We did drive down there, though. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a completely other story. Uh, broke down in the middle of the Everglades, <laughs> right? Where I learned that literally skies can be filled with mosquitoes. Ugh. All right, so down at Epcot. Uh, at Disney World, and I'm a kid. I just have, you know, whatever money my parents had given me. Yes. I think I had $40 on me, mm-hmm. right? My brother and I are roaming around, mm-hmm. and uh, I was in the, I think, uh, Latin America, maybe um, Central America section of Epcot. Right. And there was a giant eight-foot sombrero. <laughs> I mean... Giant eight-foot sombrero. <laughs> wow. Well, my 12-year-old self said, I need that sombrero. Right. How do I have not have this? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, was, it was like hot yellow and hot pink. Yeah. Right? Sombrero. And I was like, I need to own this sombrero. This is going to be hilarious. Uh, right? In my mind, I'm like, this is going to, I'm going to be the talk of the town. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, delusions of grandeur, Mark. I'm going to go to the school and all, <laughs> and all, the, all the girls are going to talk to me. Yeah, in my sombrero. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what a conversation started mm-hmm. there. Um, but I looked at it, and it was uh, it was like sixty seven dollars. Uh-huh. 
Now, I only had 40 How much? It's, uh, we're at Epcot, man. A chicken sandwich is like $25. $60 this for a sombrero? This is $60, right? Oh it's, it's beyond the 40 I have. So I, this was not only the worst mistake I ever made, <laughs> but the worst mistake my little brother made at the same time. When when he loaned me the difference, <laughs> you know he he had the same amount of money I did, right. and I convinced him that we we would share the sombrero. Right, we will actually make money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was going great. Uh, I bought I bought the sombrero with uh, my money and my brother's money, and uh, wearing it around Epcot. Of course, you can't go on any rides. With an eight-foot sombrero on, Mark. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I did not really think oh, this far no. forward. So, so I had to sit my, and that is where my brother kind of drew the line. Look, I, I, I'm not holding right. your hat right. while you yeah, go. Good luck ride. with you with your sombrero. <laughs> at that part, at that point, he was no longer co-owner of this sombrero. He like gave up his shares right then and there. Right. And so I ended up. Uh, Sitting with my sombrero while my brother went on rides. Oh, Everyone's looking at me like, I'm like, who, who what is this? You kid? sad yeah. little boy. <laughs> and only to, only to figure out that um, when the time came, there was not enough room in the car to bring it home. Oh, really? Really. How big was this sombrero? Eight foot sombrero, Mark. Did they not fold? This one did not fold. <laughs> this, this had many ridges oh, and it was giant. Oh, so, you, so you just left it in the parking I, lot? Uh, you know, I think I left it out. We stayed at a little, um, one of these, uh, bit like a townhouse almost yeah. near Disney World. Right. And just left it, uh, I think, out by the dumpsters. Well, at least I know I'm going to get you for your birthday. No, please. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. So, you know, that's kind of, uh, that was a, a long answer to a, well, a little question there, Well, Mark. that's actually a great response. But now I hope you have some, hopefully, mm. something to make me feel better about myself. Well, my, let's see, my my purchases, I guess, that I regret, and it, mine are more recent. So as you know, that I am actually, uh, uh, many people don't know about this about me, but I'm actually a fan of watching The Bachelor in The Bachelorette. <laughs> that has come up on the show before. Can't get enough. <laughs> and so, <laughs> oh no! And I always want to feel connected to the show. Oh no! So um, this actually happened last week. There's a character on this uh, on this Bachelorette. You will have to explain the entire premise to me. Well, so there's you know different guys vying for uh, a woman's attention, and one of the guys who is on this Bachelorette, his name is Waboom. Oh, that's a that's a great name. Well, it is because he's. Yeah, I think he's trying to sell himself as a character, and he and he uh, kind of winds himself up, and he goes boom, and he just and he oh, shouts. He, his, he has a catchphrase. He has a catchphrase, that, and it's Waboom, which is his name, and which is his. Oh, name. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. And I thought it was so cool. Not many people think he's cool, but I think he was the best batch, bachelor. I thought he was going to win her heart. Well, and if he if he doesn't, at least he think of the spinoffs. Oh yeah, and <clears throat> and so I said, I thought to myself, what do I need? Well, it seems that Waboom oh, no. sells his own line of clothing. I don't see any problem with this. And and has on his T-shirts it says like a shirt says like Waboom. That's his clothing. It says Waboom in big letters. So I bought a shirt that said Waboom on it. <laughs> <laughs> it came it came on Monday. Yes. And, and then uh, Bachelorette's on Monday, and and then he was voted off on Monday. Instant regret. I know. And then I have this shirt that nobody cares about, nobody's going to want, and just, and I can't even wear <laughs> it's, it. It's like buying a, a shirt with the, uh, 
American Idol runner-up on it. Yeah, so okay. no one remembers them. <laughs> right, so I have to put this Waboom shirt on eBay. But you know, this is not the first time I've done. Hold this. Hold on to it, Mark. Could be worth Probably. something someday. Probably. But that, you know, we, there's another guy like a little ba- uh, further back. His name is Jason Mesnick, and he had a shirt called Jason's Place because he had a, a, a weird a, a website for single dads i guess <laughs> what you know trying to take care of children i thought it was a really nice thing to do okay it went all went to uh went for charity so i bought a t-shirt for that i wear i still wear that occasionally but you know <laughs> but, but wow yeah, but I, I do have these regrets of clothes you shouldn't you know, buy clothing he, based on bachelor. jason mesnick is that his name you said yeah look he set up jason's place to make himself look good oh don't i know it didn't he? Yeah, he did. But you know, well, I just happen to be on. I just know that I'm going to be on this show where I'm going to be judged by all of America right. and this this single woman. I should probably start up a nonprofit for single dads trying to make their way through the world. Well, anyways, keep those questions coming. Coming. That was a really good question. That was a really good from uh, Mr. Rupert Brimble Pennington. Thank you very much. Climbing the Billboard Twitter emerging. <gasps> Artist chart this week to number 26. It's Fries from Five Guys, a wine feller song creation. Don't go nowhere. The wine news is next. Like the fries from five guys, I can all. 
Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. on the Wine Fellers News. Are you having a beer hangover and considering taking aspirin? Well, you should consider taking beer. Are you curious what personality type you are? Then you should look into no further than your favorite adult beverage. Those exciting stories are right here, right now, on the Wine Fellers News. Yes, right now. The News. First, why did we remind me? Remind me, why did we write a song about Five Guys French fries? <laughs> <laughs> you wrote that song. I, I'm trying to remember why we did that, but it was no, we we okay. Look, we had um, we wrote it, Mark, obviously, uh, to make tons of money. Right. We wanted that's we wanted exactly five guys to we, buy the song. We have yet he- to hear from them. We did send that to their corporate headquarters have, in Virginia. Haven't heard back. Lots of hits from yeah. that IP address up there. Yeah, that's true. But we, we have no, no no call yet. But Mark, I'm sure Any that after now. they heard it, that look putting a complex package together, compensation package. It does take a while. It takes a while. You know, there there are IP and uh, rights and and copyrights involved. That's true. They just want to make sure all their eyes are dotted and their T's are crossed. Now we're going to see a, a, a retirement-sized uh, offer come by. All right, well, we'll let you know about That's that. That's why we wrote that. The news. The next time you reach for an aspirin, consider cracking open a beer instead. I, I have experienced this. <laughs> a recent study from the Journal of Pain. That's a true, a true journal. Uh, that sounds like uh, the rock band for some serious scientist group. Ooh, I like it. The Journal of Pain. <laughs> Found that drinking beer can actually make you feel less physical pain. <laughs> Wait. Well, I mean, really, thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> right. Did I? Did we help pay for this study, Mark? <laughs> no, no, it's Britain. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, study author Trevor Thompson, PhD, told The Sun that <laughs> alcohol could even be compared to opioid drugs such as codeine and that the effect is more powerful than Tylenol. According to their, <laughs> it's true, according to their findings, drinking two beers is more effective at relieving pain than taking painkillers. All right. For their research, the they sci- needed a bunch of beer and painkillers. <laughs> That's how they did the research. Yeah. The scientists uh, from London's Greenwich University conducted a total of 18 experiments in which 404 participants were given either an alcoholic or non-alcoholic beverage. Next, the team administered 13 pain threshold tests as well as nine pain intensity ratings. It sounded like a pretty good study. What they found <laughs> was that alcohol had significant analgesic effects, meaning it greatly reduced pain so uh uh and it seemed like the tipping point for how much you need for it to reduce pain was basically the legal driving blood alcohol content limit of 0.08 huh so that's interesting and and 
there, there is a saying, right? You'll look at someone who's completely intoxicated, and you will say, well, they're feeling no pain. Good point. That's true. And so, so there all, seems to be, I mean, there's truth to that, I guess, huh? I, I think so. Uh, it, well, you've seen people who are wasted just, you know, they'll step out of a four-car accident. Right. I mean, they've flown through the windshield. <laughs> Well, maybe right? maybe it's not even that dramatic. I mean, they'll they'll walk out in their underwear and it's twenty yeah, degrees yeah, outside. Yeah, and they're like yeah. they're like, uh, and everyone's rushing up to them. Are you okay? And, they say, and they're fine. like, Yeah, I'm fine. But where's my beer? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So they're probably it's true. They're not feeling any pain. So the effect was clear. But the research team couldn't determine whether the pain relief came from an effect on pain receptors receptors or just maybe a lowering of anxiety which could uh, lower yeah. perception of pain I've makes heard that. sense I've heard that. regardless of exactly how beer works to ease pain the researchers did note that people who suffer from chronic pain tend to drink more due to the pain dulling effects huh and they did say while well, a few drinks a day could dull your pain the study cautioned that there are numerous unhealthy effects that may not make your beer the go-to analgesic for you. See, I've got I I'm hearing a completely different take on this uh, this study. How are you? Yeah, the uh, this group of guys <clears throat> and or gals, scientists. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned that they give these people either a placebo or an alcoholic beverage, mm -hmm. and then here's here's the key that caught me. Then they. Uh, perform a series of pain threshold testings. Yeah, what do they do? Uh, and I think that's that is why they are that's why they're doing this. These people uh, it could they probably do testing like this all around the world under uh -huh. different tests. Let's test if uh um you know uh eating cornflakes uh changes your pain threshold. And then of well of course the test will involve uh, multiple um uh, pain tests as well yes. where I inflict pain on them. Well, I think that how the study works is I think they give alcoholic beer and maybe non-alcoholic beers the person doesn't know what they're getting. And so Sure. Yeah. So I mean I think it's it's a legit study. So I'm throwing away my Tylenol bottle and if I uh, experiencing a headache at work, I'm, you know, I'll going to drink a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, doesn't that make sense? So yeah. <laughs> and I recommend the listener do that as well. I, I just want them to perform one of their pain tests on me. Do you really want to do that? I don't want to be hooked up to a pain threshold something. Well, I don't know what it is. It's like yeah, there's It's like what what is oh, it? They're shocking you or I'm something. I'm so I'm so curious. Like tasers. I don't want anything. I don't want any part of it. Uh, no? Uh, to be shocked? No. Well, I'll, I'll drink your beer, mister, but you're not going to shock me. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you would be the one uh the one person who just fought back in the test. Yes. We were uh seven of our test subjects have inconclusive results as the, they overpowered us after drinking our beer. Yes, I'd be the outlier. So, the second story. Okay. Many bartenders will contend that the drink you order says a lot about your personality. Okay. With this in mind, I believe that with this in mind, the folks at Crave Magazine, you've read that, I've read it, entered the scientific <laughs> realm and came up with 17 personality types, 17, oh, based they on had the to come up with some number. <laughs> based on the drinks people typically order at bars. So I'll tell you a drink. I can't wait. And maybe you can see if you you can guess what the personality type that they came up with using their scientific research. Okay, okay, but research. first Tell me what like what what kind of personality answer are we looking for? Give me a few examples like like um like a aggressive personality would be one or a 
a shy personality would be another. Okay, we'll, we'll tell you uh, this. The first one should be easy. Okay, let's do the first. The one. first drink is four loco malt liquor. Four <laughs> loco malt liquor. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's a uh, it's alcohol yeah, that has that? about twelve percent, and it's also uh, as much caffeine as a cup of coffee in that alcohol, and so it's one of those type of type of drinks. And I'm looking for basically a personality trait so of if, someone. if that's your go-to drink. If I had to... What's your personality like? Okay, well, um, obviously, uh, you are someone who uh, just... Uh, <laughs> well, you're not laid back. You're high energy. Right. All right? You're like up front. You're loud. There you you're, go. You so know, that's your... I mean, that, that would fit a personality type. Someone would order this. You're young. You're yeah. rebellious. You're loud. You're loud. Exactly. Yes. Obnoxious almost. Yeah. You're, you would have no problem getting stark naked and jumping from a balcony. Gotcha. An so extrovert. You're an extrovert. And so this is someone you know, someone who drinks malt liquor and caffeine. And that makes... I mean, you know, there's probably something to this. You who, Whatever your go-to drink is, that says a lot about you. So... I'll try a, diff a different one. The next one is a lemon drop martini. Lemon drop martini. Okay, it has an uh, air of sophistication about it, Mark. A little bit, right? Yeah. A lemon drop. Uh, this is gonna. Uh, this is gonna be from someone who. Uh, this is exactly what's going on here. Okay. This is the type of person that will order that. It's someone who wants to appear sophisticated. But at the end of the night, they will be drinking the cheapest drinks available and getting as drunk as they possibly can. I think you are right on. And according to Crave Magazine, that's basically what they said. <laughs> they said, uh, according to their scientific re research, you're a lady of the evening. Not a prostitute, though. <laughs> There's a difference. You drink lemon drop martinis, <sighs> which are concocted of vodka, triple sec, and lemon juice, and sugar because you want to release your inhibitions and let the first cougar hunting <laughs> oh, geez. jerk who talks to you give you a lemon drop. This is what they say. Okay. And so um, it basically is it's, it's the go-to for uh, women and men looking to have a fun encounter. Huh, that's what great, great. Well, it's kind of what you said. Some, well, I think magazine. It's a, well, whoever's starting with a lemon drop martini, right? I mean, you're, it's not going to end it's well. It's almost like because right up front you're like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm sophisticated. Yeah, but um, as soon as I get drunk, right? As soon know, as I finish this expensive <laughs> drink, <laughs> oh. I'm going to start drinking much cheaper shots and right, exactly. So that's yes. that's the I think I, I think that makes sense. I nailed that one. I think you did. Okay. This one might be a little more difficult. Uh, what if your go? To, what is your personality type? Yeah. And if you're uh, listening to us, we're on the Wine Fellers. We're talking yep. about personality types and what your go-to drink is. And what if your go-to drink is is white a white Russian? Well, I already know this personality type. Okay. My dad must be this personality type. Ooh. Okay. He loves a white Russian. And what does that say about you? Well, I think what it says is your um, your intelligent. Mm -hmm. All right. You are, uh, um, you know, you've used a, a chainsaw, right? <laughs> you just like to uh, you like to get stuff done out in the world. Hmm. Right. But uh, at the end of the day, so here here's um, here's some of the, the stories involving white Russians, Mark. Um, <clears throat> what is this? This is uh, Kahlua. It's, no, a, it's not. No. Oh, no, no. Stop. Back up. Not white Russians, 
Black Russians. Well, I'm talking about a white Russian. <clears throat> okay. Oh, completely different story, Mark. Okay. Completely different story. Okay. Uh, my dad drinks black Russians. So white Russians are vodka, uh, okay. Kahlua, well, and cream. Well, with a white Russian, you just got to always go back to the uh, Coen Brothers hit, The Big Lebowski. So I'm going to have to stop you because you're just, you just nailed it. So Crave Magazine says you're a big fan of The Big Lebowski. Yep. You also like... Uh, <laughs> it's a sweet cocktail whose drinkers tend to be sophisticated and humorous. Well, yeah. So you're right. I think you're right on it. Man, uh, you're doing really well. Thank you. I think you're you. like thank three you. for three or whatever number I we are. I think so. All right, this one probably is a little easier, but that it's uh, Bush Light. Bush Light. You even said the white Russian one was going to be hard. I did. I thought and it was going to be hard, but you nailed it. So Bush Light. Once I figured out we weren't talking about black Russians. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right. They Bu didn't mention those. All right. Bush uh -huh. Light. Yes. Bush Light. Just mm -hmm. the beer. The beer. Bush Light. That's your go-to. I have some interesting stories around cheap American beer. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, okay, went, went to this uh, party one time. Yes. Uh, tons of folks who, you know, we're talking about maybe around the age of their, gra they're, they're about to graduate from grad school or they've been out for a few years or someone goes going back to school and whatnot. It was a big party of uh, intellectuals. Right. And all the guys brought these heady IPAs with all this stuff and names and yeah. this and that. Uh, my wife and I go, and I just bring a case of Bud Light. Right. Just a 24-pack Bud Light. It's pretty easy. And immediately, uh, all of the uh, ladies who were associated with these guys who brought the IPAs descended upon us right. and asked us, could we please have some of oh, your Bud Oh, I'm Light? with you. I can't drink an IPA. Right? Yep. You know? Yep. And so, um, so, so I have thoughts. I, I love cheap American beer. But what's it say about your personality? Well, it, here's what it says. It, it says that, um, you know, you think beer is beer is beer. You're not going to buy the brand name dishwashing liquid because the generic brand is going to do just, just fine. You're a practical sort of guy. Well, I think you're on to that. This is what Crave Magazine says. Bush Light wouldn't have a care. Uh, Bush Light people don't have a care in the world. Bush Light drinkers tend to live in Arkansas and play a lot of cornhole. Of course, uh, that sums it up. They're living life. They are pursuing the American dream. Because $17 for a 30-pack is good enough. Yeah. Right. So that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, you're doing very well on this. How about, let's um, see if I can find a more Try and stump me here, man. Okay. I'm on fire. I uh, know. Long Island iced tea. Yeah. This is a little more difficult. And this is our last one. So. Okay. All right. Better. All right. Uh, Long Island iced teas, Mark. Uh Tell me again. We're talking just iced tea and vodka. So Long Island iced tea. That's a good question. Is there's, uh, there's a couple of different variations. Well, it's like all the colors of the rainbows: tequila, vodka, rum, triple se triple sec, yeah. gin, and a splash of soda. All right. So we're gonna go the vodka route here. Okay. Long Island iced tea. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know why. I just it comes to mind. And it tastes like, a little bit like an iced tea, like a sweet. It tea. does. It it almost just brings to mind like this is what. This is not what you go out and get at a bar. This this is a drink that you have in one after another after another at home. Right. Right. This is like um, making lemonade and vodka, right, or iced tea and vodka. It's just something that you sip on all day long at your home, and because it seems like uh, it, it it's got just 
it's just iced tea sort of feeling. Right. You don't feel so bad. I mean, you couldn't sit at home drinking one after one of lemon drop, you know, uh, whatever it is, martinis. Right. Long Island iced teas for a personality trait, here's my answer, mm-hmm. is someone who wants, who likes to drink but not let other people know they're drinking. All right. Well, this is what the magazine says. I think maybe you're a little off on this one. We'll, so, you know, basically. Or long, they could be wrong. Or they could be wrong. Well, no, Crave Magazine's never wrong. Mm. It has never. So, uh, Long Island IC has nothing to do with iced tea, of course, except for maybe the ice. Um, so, <laughs> but Long Island iced tea are people who seek to get plastered. Uh, so, like of all those one alcohols, after one after one, people generally drink them in tropical settings or in some dingy dive somewhere on Long Island. I guess that's where the name came from. Maybe so. And so that's what you know, Crave Magazine says. But I think you're not too far off on well, that. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they're drinking one after another all day long at home, they're getting plastered by the end of the day. Right. So we haven't finished all of them. So we'll we'll continue this on another show. But uh, this is, I like this little personality test. I think it says a lot about you. You are listening to The Wine Fellers. The most incredibly terrible beverages ever created is coming up next right after this Wine Fellers song exclusive about America's sweetheart.
It's the Weinfellers Special Event. Turn your radio up. Turn it off. Grab your wine cup. Go get it. Put on some makeup. Oh, yeah. It's the Weinfellers Special Roundup. Cork your wine bottle. Feed your brothel. Brothel. Seal that glory hole. With Cork and Joe on cruise control. You've lost your wife and kiss. Oh, you're you're just a virtuoso, Mark. Just Don't. a modern modern day beautiful, beautiful singer. I would argue with you if I could. <sighs> but this is a truly a special event. We're gonna today we're gonna talk about the list of the most incredibly <laughs> terrible beverages ever created. Can you pour me some more wine first, please? Sure. Thank you. Now, some of these <laughs> contain alcohol and some do not. So these are just- So some are truly terrible. Truly, truly terrible. But these are all real drinks. I did not invent them. These are drinks that gotcha. people drink somewhere and- Somewhere uh, in the world. Somewhere in the world. Now, the first drink, and this is all these are real drinks, is called Kids Beer. Kids Beer. Kids K-I-D-S. Beer. K-I-D-S. Beer. Yes, beer. Kids Beer. It's one word. <laughs> One thing I know, Joe, mm. is that children can't- Kinder brow. <laughs> oh, that's big. probably sounds a little better there. <laughs> uh, Joe, one thing I know, Joe, is that children can't stand life unless they drink beer. Well, you would, uh, you would think so. Right. Oh, this is real- uh, a, So what this is, is- This it, is not, this is for kids, you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Kids beer is a soft drink from Japan marketed towards children oh and designed gosh. to look like beer. This is exactly what we were talking about few weeks ago when uh-huh. we when we brought up the fact these people minister I know. took his family to App- Applebee's was it Applebee's, yes, it was Applebee's. Uh, and, and ordered, ordered the virgin, virgin daiquiri. daiquiri they got the real one and uh-huh. it's like and now he's so upset and I'm like why are you, wh- doing why that? Are you pr- priming them to go out and order a real daiquiri when they're old enough but this is for parents who really want their kids to drink at some point kids I guess. beer so it tastes similar to cola and has a frothy lager like head when poured and it looks a lot like beer but it's Kids beer. Well, why don't you get them some candy cigarettes while you're at it? I know. So I don't think that they can get away with that here, but in Japan, uh, it's it's really uh, well because exciting. beer probably isn't a word over there. It's not a word. <laughs> well, well, no, you know what I'm saying. Yes. It's like right. It's like if I called a product right two like Japanese symbols right. And they it, don't have a word for that. You know yes. what I'm saying. You call this sake. Exactly. I'm making that up. Yeah. So, okay. Now, the next one is Wait, so so that's that is a real that drink. is a terrible beverage. It's a terrible beverage. Because there's no alcohol in so it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's true. So if you're joining us on the wine fellows, we're discussing the most terrible beverages ever invented that have alcohol or not, and these are real drinks. So the next one Am is Am I going to find all of these terrible? Uh, some much worse than others. Okay. For example, the next one is called cow urine soda <laughs> made with real cow urine. No, no, no. Yes, no. yes, yes. That's no, a, that's no, a real no. drink. Mark, that is it's disgusting. A real drink. So that it, is just gross. India has, India has a soft drink made from cow urine. Uh, watch out, Coca-Cola. Here comes your <laughs> biggest rival. Well, when you look at how many people are in India and if this is what they want, 
Coca-Cola is going to buy this company right up. Well, that's interesting because if you live in India, you cannot eat cow. But you can drink its urine? I guess you can. I guess. Well, I can't believe I am saying this. I mean, these these words never... I never thought I would be saying yeah. drinking cow urine. But here we are no, talking about it on a radio well, show. Well, it's, it's a real drink. I mean, I would drink uh, lamb urine, but never cow. Sure. So uh, the next- Good grief. Wait, wait. You're not moving on to the next one yet. No, I'm not. Okay. This is- t- Is it just- Cow urine? Well, no, no. It has a sweetener, and it's it has carbonation, oh, and okay. you know it's it's very refreshing. I wonder if you know how cows hold a special status symbol in India. Well, I think that's probably it. I think what I, I bet here's what here's what yeah, happens. Yeah, I think it's. I bet they take the urine, mm-hmm. and I bet they just basically purify it to where. They run it through filters. Well, you don't really don't need to. Urine is sterile. But go well, ahead. Well, I'm sure. But yeah, you, you get out any of the. Uh, excretions from the kidneys you just mm. basically run it through basically what the astronauts have in the international space station mark mm. you put your urine through a filter and out on the other end comes h2o right well we think i think we thought of something so uh, for nasa they need to uh, instead of purifying it they just need to add carbonation huh. and then to drink so huh. um all right no that that is not actually a terrible beverage i don't think okay well how about this one okay bilk <laughs> Bilk. Just the name. Bilk. 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 Instead of not milk, but buh. Bilk, Bilk is beer and milk. 50% beer, 50% milk, 100% Disgustingness. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, these are two ingredients you don't usually think uh, about putting together. Oh, this was um, put together by a drunkard. Well, Someone who forgot they already put milk in their cereal bowl. It's a real, it's a real oh drink. The, all gosh. these are real, real drinks. So it's, it's. I, I, I don't know if this is brilliant or just dumb. Well, I think milk is good for you, and I think you know parts of beer are good for you with hops and stuff. It's probably not a bad drink. It's probably delicious. It's probably delicious. It I probably mean, think, delicious. think about it, Mark. Mm-hmm. What is more wholesome than beer? Right, milk. So you take the two most wholesome beverages in the entire world, you put them together, I bet it would actually be pretty good. Yeah, maybe we'll get the ma- makers of Bilk on. So I think this is Let's a, get them on. I, I want to learn more about Bilk. I know. But it, they it must be a better name. Well, yeah, there, there's other companies that make um, this kind of thing, and the names are actually even worse. So uh, Bilk is the, the best name I could find. I like that. Yeah. Bilk. Bilk. Huh, if only there was a way to create it yourself. Mm, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> next, <laughs> the terrible, next, next terrible. Next terrible. So if you're joining us on the Wine Fellers, we're, coming, we're talking about the most terrible drinks ever created. These are real drinks. Some, some, alcohol. some turning out not so terrible. All right, what about snake wine? That's Ugh. drinking uh, basically the corpse of a ven- venomous snake. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's made by infusing whole snakes Uh into grain alcohol or rice oh. wine, and the belief is that the essence of the venom of the snakes dissolved in the liquor pr- wow. promotes vitality, and you, you find these uh, drinks more in, in Asian countries, but it's really a whole snake that's Snake been, wine. A whole oh, snake oh, 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 okay, I'm with you. you they, it's, like, um, it's like you're making our famous Winefeller's prison wine. Yeah. But uh, instead of throwing in bread and old raisins, you're putting in a, you're putting in a dead snake. snake. Yeah. Now this just 
This sounds. Well, I think it's not sad no, for the snake. So, no, yeah. Mar- no. You, it's like you can't. I don't think you can put, you know, flesh yeah. into your into your wine into your right. toilet at the you know for making your your uh, toilet right. wine. Well, I think you'll like this one. Okay, this next one is a really good wine. Um, tell me if you've had this. It's called Three Penis Wine. <laughs> <laughs> the tagline How dare you sir Oh the tagline is Take a sip And feel three penises Inside of you it's, No Mark so, Mark No Mark, it's true It's true It's made It's a true It's a true On the radio wine, Three different types Of animal penises Dude to, It's a true one I'm not kidding So it's It's made uh, From seal penis Deer penis And Cantonese dog penis Why Cantonese Just say penis One more well, time <laughs> Just It'll be a haiku if you say it one more time. <laughs> so those are the three, and you put it in. It, they they put it in a bottle, and it's 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 uh, supposed to be very uh, <laughs> delicious. So that's what it is, and um, it's perfect for Valentine's Day or whatever. And uh, you can pick it up a bottle at supermarkets around Shanghai. This is again another Asian. I'm drink. telling you, man, this is a language translation issue. Still, no, this is a real drink. No, uh, no, no, no. Uh, it, it's three, uh, uh, three. I'm still in a snake because uh, I can't bring myself to say penis. Well, that's what it is. Three penis wine. Yes, that's what it is. So it's it's fine. You can say that because it's a, it's a drink, and you just make sure you just chase it down with a breath mint, and you're fine. <sighs> this is in Shanghai. Yeah, sure. Okay. Now, obviously, I have seen pictures from uh, Asian cities, cities right. in Asia. And they want to cater to American uh, customers. So the grocery store, for example, which is a series of, to me, unlegible characters, mm-hmm. right below it, they have basically taken those characters, pasted them into Google, and yes. put in, and whatever printed comes out. whatever comes out. And sometimes the results are pretty funny. Right. But the most recent one was um, translation service unavailable, 403. <laughs> oh, that's that funny. was the name oh, right. of the <laughs> store. That's really funny. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, they they know English yeah. as well as I know, you know uh, their language. So, I think this is a translation. No, issue. no, no. But this is a real drink because it's you know in some cultures the whole idea of vitality and if you drink a part of an animal it'll make you more whatever. So, really? Yeah. Okay. So the next drink. That it's is a, a terrible drink. Next by drink the way. is a real drink. If you're just joining us, the wine fellows are going talking about terrible talking drinks. Talking about terrible drinks. These are real drinks. They really make these somewhere in the world, wow. if not America. It's called seagull wine. Seagull wine. Seagull wine. Seagull. Seagull. Like the bird. Like the bird. Yes. So the recipe is very simple. Uh, no, it, don't. No, don't tell me. Will this. you find a seagull oh, alive geez. or dead? Now, Mark. if it's alive, you have to kill it. But you put it in a bottle. No. You put the seagull in a bottle. You fill the bottle with water and leave it in direct sunlight to ferment. It's made by the Inuit. This is a real drink made in um, seagull wine. What do you think about that one? This sounds... uh, I'm so torn. Yeah. Because on one hand, I want to hate it. It sounds disgusting. On the other hand, I really don't feel like I can disrespect those people. Those people? The Inuits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those people. <laughs> I didn't just those people, those people. No. The Inuits. You can't the Inuits. I can't say like, you know, no. I think their culture is, no, it, I think their cultural practices are weird. No, they're the one group you can't disrespect. And the only one. Pretty much. Pretty much. And so they're off limits. And so is their 
Siegel wine. And so, okay, we well, tr- I think this is a fine idea. <laughs> we will get their tourism board on the show for we next should, week. We should. We should. And talk about come up and drink a seagull. Yes, essence of seagull. So we'll we'll try that. So the next one, yeah, a traditionally a health tonic in Chinese and Korean cultures. Baby mice are taken. This is called, by the way, baby mice wine. Baby mice are taken shortly after birth <sighs> and dropped alive into a jug of rice wine and left to ferment. Jeez. So after the wine is imbibed, the mice are eaten. Yes, this is real life. It's like the worm at the bottle at the bottom of the tequila. Except bottle. there's several dead mice at the bottom of your with bones. Well, whatever is there, sure. Oh. So it's not. I mean, it's it's not very uh. nice to the mouse, I guess. Uh, but it's a real drink, and uh, um, I tell you what, Mark, I yeah. just I just can't really. We had we've eaten bugs. I know, but nothing show. like this. But eating a a fermented. No, we haven't done that. Mouse with probably soft believe. little bones, and it's just guts and all, Mark. I know. Well, let's talk some about a little bit nicer. Uh, every drink you've listed is like, it's just the formula of a one dead animal okay, the, you'll put like, in a bottle yeah, and left I, there. You'll like this one much better. This is a real drink. If you're just joining us on The Wine Fellows, we're talking about these unusual drinks. That, you're making uh, it sound like I'm having fun. Well, you are, because the next drink is called the North Korean Kimchi. Hey! I know. Dude, Mark. I know. I, I was like, we got through the news with no mention the of North, North Korea. Korea. But North Korea, Kim Jong-un nuclear oh. bomb. It's called a Kim Jong Un. Is nuclear is this, now? Now the only bomb. reason I'm letting you say this is yeah. I'm believing that this is a drink that's not served in North Korea. No, what a, good. So it's kind of like we're making fun of him. What a better way to stick it to North Korea, to, to the North Korean dictator, than to throw the most American of foods into a blender? Okay. Uh, one Big Mac, one McDonald's large fries, one McDonald's tangy barbecue sauce, one McDonald's mm. milkshake, and one McDonald's apple pie. You put it in a blender with vodka. And so that's your, uh, I'm showing uh, Joe a picture. Yeah, and and so give, it's a real drink. Me, it looks like yeah, just a blended bunch of junk. What is the name of this again? It's called the uh, North Korean Kim Jong-un nuclear bomb. Oh, I like this. Mm. It really is making fun of him. Yeah, and so it's everything American. Okay. Yeah, no, right. it's not bad. I'm all right that you mentioned his name. But because you mention his name so often... I uh, I looked some something up this weekend. For you. <laughs> I was you? actually scrolling through the internets, uh-huh. and this just stuck out to me. What's that? Well, it is something I'm going to buy for you. What's that? Um, it is a full size zip up uh, sleeper for you. Oh, my wife actually <laughs> sent me a picture of this. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, because we both know your love for <laughs> Kim Jong Un. Well, I wouldn't call it love. No, you love to mention his name on my on our radio show. <laughs> yeah. Listen to me. I'm like uh-huh. so upset about it. Right. But uh, I sent you this uh, this uh, link, um, uh, and obviously it is a f- his face. Yeah, a blown up face on. It's like uh, a jumpsuit. It's a jumpsuit yeah. with his face on the front. It's just of it. like his face takes up the whole jumpsuit. Yes, it's terrifying. So the last one we're going to talk about, and I think we might have discussed this before. It's called uh, Jilpin Family Whiskey. Uh, Jilpin takes the urine of two elderly elderly diabetic patients daily extracts the high sugar content then uses that sugar in the fermentation of whisk of a whiskey production <sighs> that is a real drink and here's a picture so this is it comes in different hues of this is yellow disgusting and it's disgusting it's, mark that is a real i'm disgusted a real whiskey 
It's a real. I do not feel well now. Whiskey, and so um, it's not cheap. So you be prepared you to to. It's not um, well, of course. I mean, it sounds like the most expensive thing you can make. It's like we we took <laughs> we took the innards of stars. Right. Well, how much? Yeah. It's, it's, it's they can only you can only your production is only limited to the amount of urine that two elderly elderly diabetic patients can produce daily. Why just two elderly diabetic patients? I, they couldn't find that third, I guess. I don't oh know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so, uh, Jilpin Family Whiskey, you can look it up. It's a real, it's a, it's a it's real whiskey. A, it's a real wine. Whiskey. I know. So, that is the most terrible drinks on the planet. And that's the show. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers. North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is is that the fun can continue online. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies Change and change and sway But they still stay the same The songs that we sung when the dark days come Are the songs that we sung when we chased them away If I ever found a pot of gold I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories Love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play, to play That old rusty spaceship wants to sail Into the Milky Way again On a river of red, red wine Seven F.